Brilliant. Do you sit down? And I wonder who here likes surprise Christmas presents? Who likes surprise Christmas presents? Few people. Maybe lots of you here are more list people. Like to have your list and tick off the presents as you get them. New bike, tick. New gadget, tick. New console game, tick. Chocolate, tick. Tick, tick, tick. Or maybe you are someone who likes surprise presents the best. The present you you weren't expecting. The present you never even thought of. That someone has taken the time and the care to choose for you to try and take you by surprise. I know that those are my favorite presents and I love taking them and trying to work out what they are before I unwrap them. Of course, sometimes that's a bit more obvious than other times. Sometimes it's really obvious what the present is. We're going to look at some together. See if you can guess what these presents are from the wrapping. Any ideas on this one? Do shout them out. Yes, it's a saucepan. A good, good one to go for at Christmas, I always find. Saucepan. Second one. Well done. It's a globe. Not too hard, that one. What about this one? Fantastic. It's a bike. Let's look at the next one. Bit trickier. What do we think? It is, it's a drill. It's a drill, well done. This one, it's not a teddy. Any ideas what it is? Well done, I heard it from someone. It's a rocking horse, brilliant. And the last one, I think this is the hardest one. Give you a second to think. It's not a hammer. Someone at the first service thought it was a hammer as well. What do we think it is? It is, it's a food blender, brilliant. Some were a lot easier than others, weren't they? Some of them, really obvious what it is. Some presents, though, you haven't a clue what the gift is unless you unwrap it and take a look for yourself. And you know, I think the Christmas story, the account of the birth of Jesus, is a bit like that. It's full of surprises. But we need to take the time to unwrap the gift and find out what it really is. And we're going to do that a bit more this morning. First of all, the children are going to help Rachel to bring the story to life for us. So I'm going to hand over to Rachel and the children. Thanks, Darren. We're going to have our Bible reading now. Um, But whilst the children get ready for that, we've got some children in costumes, and some of them very kindly substituting for others who haven't been able to make it today. So it's very kind of them to do that. Just while we get ourselves organised up here, would you like to just turn to your neighbour, perhaps, or somebody you don't know, and just say hello for a couple of minutes, and I'll bring us back together again. Time at the end of our service over tea and coffee just to carry on chatting, so please do uh, carry on a bit later on. We're going to have our Bible reading now, and um, Bethany's going to read for us. We've had a narrator drop out, so she's kindly reading the whole thing, uh, which is brilliant. We're going to be looking at Luke um, chapter 2, verses 1 to 12, which you'll see on the screens too. And the children will get up as they hear what part they are with their props. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued, issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world.
This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was the governor of Syria and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married with him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in a cloth and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in in a manger. Well done. Thank you very much, Bethany. Thank you all actors. Shall we give them a round of applause? Brilliant. Keep going. Do sit down. Unless any of the children, if you would like to come to the front, it would be brilliant to have you at the front so you can see a bit better. Do come on up, other people join you. Thank you, Zach. Great. That first Christmas was full of surprises. And we're going to unwrap a few of those surprises together now. And to help us do that, I've got a few surprise presents of our own to have a look at. So I need a volunteer to come and help me unwrap our first Christmas surprise. Hannah, would you like to come? Do you want to come and help him? Help her. Right, come on, Hannah. Right, do you want to pull pull that one? Do you want to pull that one? Well done. And let's see what's inside. Do you want to get it out for us, Hannah? What is it? It's a crown. Thank you very much. If we give them a clap, let's give them a clap. Why? Why have we got a crown in our first box? Well, because Luke in our Bible reading that we've just had, starts by showing us a surprising king. Not the king that we're expecting. Right at the beginning, there was Caesar Augustus. He was the Roman emperor. Effectively, the king, the all-powerful ruler of the whole Roman world. Dozens of countries, all under his control. And Caesar Augustus is a man with a plan. It says in verse 1, he issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. 
That means he wanted to count all of the people who lived in his empire. He wanted to know how many there were, how many people he was ruling over. And so he gives the order and everyone has to go back to their hometown to be counted. No matter where they live, no matter how far they've got to travel, Caesar gives the order and they have to go. So it seems obvious, doesn't it? Who the real king is, who's the person really in control. But not so fast, says Luke. And then he zooms in for us on one ordinary couple, Joseph and his pregnant wife Mary, on that long, slow journey from Nazareth to Bethlehem to be counted at Caesar's orders. And that couple, Luke is telling us, are right in the middle of a much, much bigger plan for a much, much greater king. Did anyone hear in our Bible reading, does any, can anyone see it up here? What Luke called Bethlehem. What did he call Bethlehem? Emily, what did he call it? He called it, well done, the town of David. Why is that? Well, because hundreds of years earlier, in the Old Testament book of Micah, God had made a promise. A promise that to the little, unimportant town of Bethlehem, God was going to send a king like no other king. A king from David's family. A king like the great Old Testament King David, but much, much better. A king who would rule forever. And Luke's telling us, right here, as Mary and Joseph travel to Bethlehem, as Joseph, a man from David's family, goes to Bethlehem, David's town, he's saying, that king is coming. He's about to be born. And it's all according to plan. Not the plan of Caesar Augustus, who thought he was in control, but the plan of a much greater king, God himself. That's our first surprise. Who'd like to come and open our second surprise gift. Very exciting. Stephen, do you want to come and do that for us? If you just wait there, that would be brilliant. Okay, do you want to pull? Maybe pull our ribbon. Well done. And pull the other one. Pull that one. Right. And let's open it up and see what's inside. What is it? It's hay. A present full of hay. Thank you. Let's give them a clap. If you go sit down. Why do we have, why do we have a present full of hay? Can anyone tell me? Why do we have a present full of hay? Go for it. Well done. Jesus was born and placed in a manger. He wasn't born in a palace. He wasn't born in a five-star hotel. This king was born in a barn. 
verse 7 of our reading tells us, when Mary and Joseph got to Bethlehem, there was no guest room available for them. Everywhere was full. No vacancies. Nowhere for Mary to have her baby except a stable. Nowhere for baby Jesus to go to sleep except a manger, an animal's feeding trough full of hay. It's not how you welcome a baby, is it? When Jonathan and Hannah, our children, were born, we made sure, I think there's a picture, we made sure that they had a nice cozy bed, snuggly blankets, nice cuddly toy. Baby Jesus had none of that. All he had was an animal's feeding trough full of straw. It's not how you welcome a baby, is it? And it's not how you welcome a king. It's not how you welcome royalty. Think about our queen today, Elizabeth, when she comes to visit places. How is she welcomed? Got some photos of her here. Look where she is. Where's she going? Does anyone recognize these places from recent royal visits? Any idea where they are? Bottom right, that's her most recent visit to Germany. And then top left, look at the top left, any ideas? What do you think? Somewhere in Africa, maybe? Any other ideas? Come on, grown-ups, what do you think? Fiji? Um, you're close. This is the Queen's most recent visit to Norwich. <laughs> that far-flung place. And... When the queen goes to visit somewhere, how is she welcomed? Well, you can see in the pictures, can't you? Red carpet spread out for her. Someone to open the door for her as she gets out of her car. Crowds of people cheering. Soldiers standing and saluting. And even a couple of traditional Fijian warriors, if she happens to visit Norwich. But now... Just imagine what would happen if the queen went on a visit and this is the welcome she received. Sorry, no vacancies, no room. Come back later. If someone said to the queen, it's my personal favorite one, keep calm, come back later. That would be an outrage, wouldn't it? The queen would not put up with it. So why does this king, Jesus, God's great king, God's promised king, the king come to fulfill all God's plans and rule God's world forever, why does he put up with that? Well, because this king has come into the world not to be made much of, not to be fussed over and waited on and pampered, not to be served, but to serve. And he's come, you know, not first of all for people who welcome him and put out the red carpet for him, but for people who all too often ignore him, who don't even think about him at all. 
God's king comes, first of all, for people who, well, maybe haven't given God a thought at all this year. And if they have, maybe it's to think, sorry, no room, no time, no room to think about that at the moment. Those are the people that this king has come for. So let's open our last present. Need one last person to come and open it. Bethany, why don't you come? Right, so if you pull that that one there. So if you pull that, well done. And if you pull this one. Pull, pull, well done. And let's see what's inside. Bethany, do you want to open it and see what's inside for us? Bethany, do you want to pop that on? Just turn around. What have we got? Do you want to stick your arms in? Who can tell me what it is? Who can tell me what it is? Sam, what is it? It is. It's a fireman's outfit. There's even some very exciting waterproof trousers, which I might wear on the way home if it carries on snowing. Brilliant. Thank you. Let's give her a clap. So why? Why is that our last present? Well, what does a fireman do? What does a fireman do? What does a fireman do? He, well done, he saves people. He puts out fires and rescues people from them. And do you know at the end of our Bible reading, when those angels appeared to the shepherds, they said something quite amazing to them. They said, today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. What is a saviour? Well, Quite simply, a saviour is someone who comes to the rescue, who comes to rescue us. And that's what those angels are saying. This baby in a manger is the one who's come to save us. But save us from from what? Rescue us from, from what? Well, the shepherds don't get told by the angels. But the angels have already told Jesus' earthly dad, Joseph. Before Jesus was born, an angel had appeared to Joseph in a dream and said this to him. Said to him, you are to give him the name Jesus. You're to call him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. That's why Jesus was born in that stable, in that manger that first Christmas. That's why God's king has come to earth to save people from their sins. And what are sins? I guess we might have some idea that they're kind of bad things that we do, maybe lying or stealing or hurting other people, and and that is part of it. But you know, really, what sin is, is this. Let's have it up on the screen. It's saying to the God who made us, no room, come back later. It's ignoring him and pushing him away and saying, we'll live our lives our way. Come back later. 
And that's what Jesus has come to save us from. And you know, when a fireman comes to the rescue, when he gets ready, he puts on special clothes. He puts on his helmet. He puts on his glow-in-the-dark trousers. He puts on his fancy jacket. He puts on his big boots so that he can come to the rescue. And when God gets ready to come to the rescue, this is the biggest surprise of all about Christmas. When God comes to the rescue, he puts on a human body. He becomes a baby. He becomes a human being. He becomes part of the human race who ignore him and push him away every day. That's how much God loves us. That's how much he'll do to rescue us. That's how far he'll go. In fact, he'll go so far that when that baby Jesus becomes Jesus the man, he'll die on a cross to rescue anyone who will trust in him. He'll die to take the blame for all our sin, all the times we push God away so that we can know him and be with him forever. That's the amazing surprise present of Christmas. A surprising king in a surprising place on a surprising rescue mission. So let me ask you, what will you do with a surprise present like that? What will we do with Jesus this year? Will we have room for him in all our Christmas busyness, with all the ticking off of our list? Will we be too busy with all the presents and the decorations and the food and the family and the fun and all those brilliant things that Christmas is? Will we be too busy or will we make time to unwrap the greatest gift of all, the gift of Jesus? Jesus, that baby in a manger who is amazingly God himself come as man the king come to the rescue. Let me say a prayer. Let's close our eyes and we'll pray together. Father God, thank you that you love us so much that you would come to the rescue, that you would come to earth as a tiny helpless baby for people like us, who, if we're honest, all too often this year have forgotten about you and ignored you and pushed you away. Thank you that you love us so much that you would come and rescue us. In Jesus' name, amen. Brilliant. You've done really well. Well done. If you go back to your seats, and Rachel's going to come.